What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode two of season two of Philosophy. I'm your host, Phil, sitting here in good old Leesburg. Um, yeah, it's a great day. It's uh, it's a bipolar day in Florida here, and I don't mean that by the actual thing. I mean by the temperature, because three days ago it was 40, now it's 80. So you never know what's going to happen here. But we're not here to talk about temperatures, but we are here to bring in a... Uh, exciting new person to bring on the podcast. I want everybody to introduce to you the Mr. Steven Hodge. Hello. What's up, man? You're about to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, you're you're I don't bring on disappointing people on my podcast. So if, if <laughs> you know, if I like you, our views our listeners, our tens of listeners will will like you. We only got ten people. All right. So, but yeah, man, so welcome to the podcast. It's exciting. Another Zoom podcast. You're the third of our Zoom podcast we've done, which is exciting. So, awesome. um, so the, when we do Zoom podcast, that means you were not in the vicinity of close enough to be in the podcast room with, with me. So uh, tell our fun listeners where you are currently located. I am in Mississippi, but nobody knows where Hernando, Mississippi is. So um, I'm really like 20 minutes from downtown Memphis, Tennessee is where where we're at. Nice. So so uh, let's see. Let's go. Let's go back in time to how we met. So that was, you know, what, 25 years ago? No, just kidding. (laughs) Uh, No. Um, How long ago was it that you started working here at the church? Because you used to work for FBC start so what's that like five and a half years ago yeah that's crazy that's crazy it's um, cra- <laughs> that's been a long time I, that's just nuts i feel like we just moved away from there right and crazy. so but yeah so about five and a half years ago um i remember we we met and a group of us went out to dinner that uh little jen kibachi place that's no longer yeah. existent Oh, um, good. It's gone. <laughs> um, but we went out, to, you know, and then you came, came and you ended up staying around for a couple of years. What, what, three years, I think? Two, three years, somewhere in there? I think it was a little over two years. Yeah, so you stayed around with us for two years. Took took us a year and a half to get along. <laughs> no. Nah. I was a know-it-all 21-year-old, and, man, I, I, I thought I had it going, man. I yeah. was... I was the dude. <laughs> no, it was. God bless all of you. Yeah, right. No, it was good. I mean, you 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 and had we had to learn. You and I had to learn to work together with their certain work styles. But you know, once we once we I think once we started working together consistently, that's when it you and I started yeah. to mesh and click. You know, when it's uh, I was at South at a very random Sunday here or there. It was very hard to like like what is he like? But then once, yeah. once we started meshing together, it was fine. But no, man, so you started, so that's how we met, and then uh, about two, 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 two and a half years later, you uh, moved on from Leesburg, and now tell us a little bit about where you're at now. So I am the worship pastor at a church in Hernando, Mississippi, called Longview Point Baptist Church. Um, we are uh, a little bit different than Leesburg, um, still a high, um, one of the things we loved about Leesburg was the missional focus, like mm-hmm the downtown village uh, ministry village was just incredible. Um, And so when this church called, just kind of looking at their mission, um, ours is just a little bit different. Um, Leesburg, you know, has multiple campuses and God's just working there. But um, Mm -hmm. something that we're excited about here is 
uh, Longview Point plants churches. And so they don't stay with us. We let go of them in two years. And so just a little bit different, uh, a way around to do it, but um, mm. God has worked. He, we, and the Longview Point is 22 years old. And um, in 22 years, I think we just planted our 14th church or 15th That's church. Awesome. Planted five, six churches in the last three years since wow. we've been here. That's and cool. So God's just working, man. So mm. we love it. That's cool. So um, planting a church, you said they'd like to stay with you and then you have to let them go. So what does that look like? So we, um, we have like a, a, it's called a church planting residency. Mm -hmm. So men that desire to plant brand new churches, they come on staff with us for a year. And in that year, um, they go through different training seminars, things like that. If they want to go to seminary, we'll pay their way through seminary. Mm -hmm. And then we pay their salary for a year and help them kind of get going and building a core group. And then um, from there, they leave the church and go wherever they're planting. Some plant in Mississippi, some in the Dakotas, some have planted in Illinois, different mm -hmm. places. They leave and go to their place. And we send um, from our church body a core group of people. So like a church that just was planted uh, this last year, we sent 60 people in our congregation to go plant with them. And, uh, and then for two years, um, we are there just kind of, really as cheerleaders of their ministry, but we, um, we continue to pay salaries and then we provide all their graphic design website support. We do all their financials for them. So like all of our business office takes care of everything for them. Mm -hmm. So we do everything that a larger church can do so that they don't have to, they can focus on the main thing. They can keep the gospel, the main thing that having to focus on all those little things. Then after two years or some really just after a year, it depends on how healthy they are. Um, we just, we back up, we let them do everything autonomously, and uh, then we're just there as friends in ministry and support mm, them. That's cool. So, so, yeah. So, does it, so is it a, so like, you know, how Leesburg we have, like, you know, Leesburg is the hub, and then we have a village park, you know, First Baptist Leisure Village Park, First Baptist Leisure South Campus. Is Longview Baptist, is it like Longview Baptist, this campus, Longview Baptist, this campus, or is it its own individual, like, yeah, they're their own individual churches. So like Longview Point Baptist Church is the only Longview Point Baptist Church. There's like Renovate Church, Community Point, East Point, Mercy Hill, all kinds of different churches. Custer Village, I don't I, that might I think that's the name of one of them. So there's all kinds of um all kinds of different ones, but they're their own. They have their own pastors that preach, own worship pastors, teams. We cool. do nothing but help on the back side of it. That's awesome. Yeah. We're we're thankful just to get to be I, I just get to be really a church member, a part of it. And that's been, <laughs> um, been really a huge blessing. That's cool. So do you, um, so do you travel to any of these churches to help like get them off the ground with their worship side of things? Um, I don't necessarily like oh, some of them are still in this area and their worship pastors are good friends of mine. So like we just had um, lunch together here today. Uh, we do like a local worship pastor cohort, which there's like 22 of us that come around and have lunch and talk about ministry and pray for each other and those kind of things. And so all of our church plant worship pastors are a part of that. But um, really, I haven't had any training kind of responsibilities. They're all more established than I am in ministry. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes we kind of help place some worship leaders. That's kind of a, a hope in the future is to have um, some interns that are not just at the college level, but graduated and they come alongside 
these church planters as their worship leaders, and then we send them. So I think that's a long-term goal, but right now, really, no, we, we do help them get set up with CCLI. We get them sound equipment. We do, we do that side of it. But um, as far as worship leader side, I just get to be friends with the guys and that's really cool. That's awesome. So um, moving a little bit in a, in a more backwards direction. So you, you are a worship leader. You have been worship leader for a few years now. Um, what kind of led you into that direction? Like what, what did, what sparked that? I want to lead worship inside of you. Yeah. So I have to have the best job in the world. Like I seriously think that in the church world, um, among all the pastors on staff at a church, the worship pastor has the best job mm-hmm. because we get to do our hobby, which is music for a living. And um, it's really a blast. But um, I actually did not want to do this. This was kind of a last choice for me whenever <laughs> I first went to school. Um, yeah. uh, so kind of a, a quick backstory. When I was um, when I was 10, I um, developed uh, like some kind of unknown heart um, disorder. They weren't really sure what was wrong, but, um, I had, uh, collapsed in a store, um, shopping with my mom. And from then on we had, um, I just was in and out of doctor's appointments and hospitals and all kinds of tests. And so, um, this was at the same time. I don't know if you remember, like, it's like all of a sudden, all these like high school football players were just like dropping dead on the football mm-hmm. field. Um, yeah. they had what's called the widow maker. Like you just like, don't know all these arteries are clogged and stuff. So they pulled me from all like all sports and any kind of physical activity, which I am not an athlete but <laughs> by any means, but I enjoyed, like I was, I was on every team. I played, you know, like optimist basketball and soccer and football. And I did all those things, but um, I was like on the C team of all of them. But, um, you know, as a middle school boy, you enjoy being outside and doing those things, but mm-hmm. Anyway, I couldn't do that. And then um, so I got pulled from all that and I didn't like video games. I didn't really like watching TV or anything. So it's like, what am I going to do with my time now? So I asked my parents for a piano and uh, they gave me a piano. And um, I found out that I have um, a pretty natural ear for music. And then um, shortly after that, the song director at the church I went to as a little boy um, which it was a volunteer position. They left and no one else in the church could play piano or sing or lead. And so from 10 to 15 years old, I was the worship leader at that church. Hmm. And um, <laughs> that's, awesome. that's kind of how it started. The 10 years so. old, you led worship for a church. How intimidating <laughs> They were was very that? gracious. <laughs> how intimidating? Yeah. Um, the good thing is most of the church was my family. So that was, uh, <laughs> was helpful. It was like, 40 people in the congregation whenever I started and, um, and, and the, the max, it was like a hundred people. Um, but, um, you know, they were gracious as I plunked through stuff and had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> but, uh, by the time we left, it was really cool. We had, um, this is a little country church that used to only have piano and organ. And by the time we left, because I was a, a kid, I could get away with a lot more um, <laughs> than adults could. So I could introduce whatever I wanted. And they were like, Oh, good for you, Steven. So proud of you. So we had a, we had a piano, a keyboard, a drum set. We had a wow. bass guitarist an acoustic guitarist and a choir by the time we left. And <laughs> it was, it was jamming. Um, That's awesome. 
at least what I thought was at, at 15 <laughs> years old. So, um, and I kind of felt a call to ministry when I was like 12. Um, but I thought that called to ministry, you could only be a, a preacher. I didn't know you could do worship ministry for a living. Mm-hmm. And um, we moved to a different church when I was 15. We went from a church of about 100 to a church of 6,000. And, uh, <laughs> and so... Yeah, I sang in the choir. Their worship pastor kind of took me under uh, his wing. And um, that's where I learned you could do this full time. But I still did not want to do it, really, because I had very materialistic values and views and wanted to be wealthy. And I wanted to um, take over my dad's company one day in real estate investment and kind of make that bigger. And um, it wasn't until college that I um, surrendered into music ministry. So, and now I love it. I wouldn't do anything else. That's awesome. So I think that ties into my next question, which kind of is like, kind of what's your testimony? What's your story? You know, um, kind of whatever you're obviously willing to share with us, but like, you know, that, that, that ties into the, you know, I think that, I think your, 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 how did you decide you want to be worship ministry ties in a little bit of your testimony, but what, uh, fill in some more blanks for us with your, with your story. Like when did you become a Christian? What was your walk like, you know? kind of the struggles of, of being, you know, that teenage worship leader, you know, having such like, you know, you know what I'm saying? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of, yeah, like a lot of what I just said is a lot of my testimony just as growing up, but um, Mm -hmm. Jesus saved me at a young age. Praise the Lord. Um, I was seven and um, you know, sometimes you, you don't want to question people's salvation. The Lord will save when he chooses to save and when he's pleased. But sometimes you think a seven-year-old, can they really understand the the weight of the gospel? And, um, you know, I truly believe that God was gracious in that. And um, and so I was saved and baptized when I was, I was like six and a half going into seven. And I was saved at a Billy Graham crusade. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's like at the very end of Billy Graham's days. He was like 90 years old. Um and so uh, that's when that happened. And then, of course, you go through teenage years where you're just dumb. And, um, <laughs> you know, just I always have had an old soul, um, I think. <laughs> uh, I think I remember that the guys around Leesburg used to say that, that I had an old soul. Um, always liked Southern gospel music and mm-hmm. hymns. And I always got along well with senior adults more than I did people my age. And um, so getting to lead in a ministry I say lead, you know, what a 10 year old can do, you know, whatever mm-hmm. I, I sang the main parts. Um, right. I have incredible volunteers around me. There's a lot more to that, that you know, we probably don't have time to go into today and how God mm-hmm. was gracious and the people he's put in my life. But um, I think the Lord just kept moving in my heart in my teenage years. Like I said, at, at 12, I I'd sensed that calling. You don't know how to explain it, but you just kind of have a, this longing to serve the church, you know, mm-hmm. uh, maybe in a way far beyond just a uh, volunteer position. But uh, like I said, I was just dumb. I didn't care mm-hmm. about eternal things, cared about, you know, I, I, I Jesus was my savior. I, mm-hmm. I love Jesus. I wanted to serve him, but I wanted to do that and do something like, and not work in the church. Like I want to do that voluntarily. Right. And and have another job, you know, I could make money. You don't go into ministry to make money. That's for sure. Right. And, um, and if you do, you are sorely mistaken and you're also <laughs> going to be, um, you're just chasing the wrong things. 
Yes. But uh, anyway, I think that's kind of it. It was in college that the Lord really began to um, begin sanctification process and um, really humbling moments. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think sometimes the calling, when you say you're called to ministry, I think a big part of that is people that affirm that calling in your life. Um, they see how the Lord is working and moving and um, kind of see you in that position. And um, there was uh, one of my professors, Brad Newbold. He came to me a few weeks into my freshman year at Hannibal LaGrange and said, um, you know, I know you're a music major because of a scholarship and you're really pursuing business, but have you ever considered, you know, what it would be like to lead in the local church? And um, because, you know, I've been praying for students that, uh, would help start a worship program. We don't really have a developed program, but we need students to be a part of it. And I've just been praying for people. And I, you know, I just feel like the Lord is working in your life. I was wondering if you've ever felt that way. And, um, and I had already been convicted that past summer and in beginning of the year, you know, the beginning of your college, you know, you've got, especially at a Christian university, the messages are, you know, what's God's plan for your life. Are you submitting to the will of the Lord, all these things. And Mm -hmm. I was just, having extreme conviction. And then I think that just put the cherry on the top um, of it all with, with uh, Dr. Newbold saying that. And, um, and so anyway, there was really, that was a moment that I just had to hit my knees and ask the Lord for forgiveness and selfishly ask that he would take any other desire away from me and in business and real estate and all that. And uh, thankfully, I mean, it sounds really cliche, but the Lord, really answered that prayer and Mm. just um like i said i can't imagine doing anything else so i think that's that sums up pretty much i've been talking a lot i know so i think that's pretty much the summary of it that's cool i think that's i think that's really cool to hear your story you know um that's a when you know when god has a direction for our lives and what he wants us to do you know i think that's you know when we start to get that call and that feeling in that direction you know i think that's an that's an easy easy ask of him to be like hey you know if this is the direction you want please do this and then if that's and if that's the direction he wants then you know <laughs> bye <Yeah. bye-bye. laughs> you know all of our feelings yeah. and desires are going to disappear for you know and then this it'll pop up to what he wants us to do and so I think that's really cool. I think it's a good direction, and um, I think it's, you have a really cool story. So, one thing that you mentioned is you have a really old soul, um, but like, I think we should. I uh, would love to uh, ha- tell our listeners how old are you? I'm 26. Nice. So, um, you're what? what uh, you're uh, 97, right? Yep. Nice. Yeah. So you and I are that far away, for, far that part of age. And so um, what's really funny is Riley is, uh, I think, 23, 24. I don't know. He's younger than I am. And so I jokingly call him the young buck of the group because I'm no longer the young, young one on the <laughs> staff. Longer it. I know. I, <laughs> I moved from, you and I were the same age, so I moved yeah. from being the young buck on the staff in Leesburg, and here I am by far the young guy <laughs> on the staff. So That's funny. Uh, yeah. What's the, what's the next up, you would say? So if you're 26, then the next one's like what? Well, we have hired, we've hired some new staff recently, mm-hmm. and so our new student minister who started last summer, he's only 30 years old, nice. and our well, our financial administrator is a really great friend of mine, and he's only 30 years old as well. He'll be 30 this year, so not too far. But then the others are like 40s, mid 40s, 50s, 
and our senior or our uh, executive pastor uh, just turned 70. He's our oldest staff member, but he's like got a younger personality than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, like one of the most amazing people I've ever met. I he's a like, cowboy. Nice. I feel like that people are always <laughs> like, you know, oh, they're 75, 80, but you never know that until they told you, you know. No, I would never know that. Frank is a, he's a full-time executive pastor here at the point, but he's a cattle farmer as well. And uh, gets up at 4 a.m. to take care of his cattle on his, uh, on his farm and then uh, works from seven to four and then goes home and takes care of his cattle again. So. Wow. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. You were not kidding Uh, about the legitimate cowboy. (laughs) No. First time I met him. uh, So Frank is. I just wish, I wish you could see him. He's just, he's just a man. Like he's just a man. And uh, he and his (laughs) wife were IMB missionaries in Africa for 22 years. Oh, that's cool. So he's fluent in Swahili too, which is really cool. (laughs) Uh, He's just this old Mississippi boy who grew up on a farm and he's fluent in Swahili and he's just, he's (laughs) awesome. But the first time I ever met him, he's a, he looks like a really intimidating guy, but Mm. he's really a, a big teddy bear. And, um, and so the first time I met him was our initial interview here. And we met at a steakhouse and uh, he gets out of his lifted truck and has, I mean, mud all over. He's got cowboy boots on a Carhartt vest and a cowboy hat. That's and awesome. uh, he has this really deep voice. And uh, he's like, Frank Peavy. That's all he said to me. He didn't talk to me for the rest of the whole meeting. He just sat across from me at the table, ordered a 20 ounce rare steak and just stared at me the whole time. <laughs> and I thought, this guy hates me. I've got nothing in common with this guy. And uh, by the end of the meeting, he started laughing and came around and gave me a big hug. And he's like, I'm just messing with you. So <laughs> he scared the mess out of me when I first moved here. But uh, That's fantastic. now he's quickly like, I love, I love Frank Peavy. Nice. So. Anyway, that's cool, and and we're not, and no, folks, he's not just saying that to get to get some PR points. That's right. I don't uh, care about that. Nah. I just love that guy. I was gonna say, if anybody does know Stephen Hodge, he doesn't care about PR points. That's not that's nothing like you at all. But um, I hope not. <laughs> except for that one. T- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, that one time in the office when <laughs> let's talk money. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um. So yeah. So. uh Moving on in the conversation, um, what would you say would be your um, so the uh, I like asking this question because uh, you never know the direction of answer you're going to get is uh, what is your favorite Old Testament Bible story? And so what, I why? have that's a big question. Um, most most of the time you don't study through the Old Testament either. You <clears throat> study through the New Testament. Shame on me for that, but I have been studying through the book of Job. I know no one else could see this, but uh, this is so it doesn't look like I'm lying. I've been studying through <laughs> the book of Job. Yeah, by the way, he had a CSB notebook. <laughs> it says Job on it. So I didn't see that part. Um, but I, <laughs> um, I, uh, I've been really convicted and encouraged by Job's story. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that um, Job, uh, God allowed Satan to uh, tempt Job. Um, God did not tempt Job, but he allowed Satan to do it and knew and told him that Job is will be faithful to me. He's a righteous man. And um, and then you then it goes through 
Job had the worst life ever. Like he had he had everything and then lost everything and then lost everything some more and lost everything some more. And um, there's some times where Job gets down on himself and, and cries out to the Lord. It reminds you of the Psalms. A lot of those things, a lot of those passages mirror David's Psalms. And so he's crying out these raw prayers to the Lord and, you know, woe is me, woe is me. But then we see, um, <clears throat> excuse me, in the conclusion of that book, how God blessed Job and how um, he helped him endure those trials. And so I think kind of in this uh, season that um, I have been in has been really in- encouraging and convicting to me to think, oh, my gosh, I thought I had it rough. Look <laughs> at Job. I mean, and look how faithful he remained. Mm-hmm. Um, but also seeing the the realness that he was with the Lord. I mean, it, it showed that he's fully human and he's sinful in nature. He's still he didn't question the Lord, but at the same time, he kind of questioned the Lord. He was upset. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, I was I've been encouraged and convicted through uh, that book lately. That's awesome. That's a I think that's a cool statement. I uh, I think that's a that that is a good story to to kind of go off of and realize that like you know hey like he you know he did really power through a lot. <laughs> yeah, and you know and it just it shows the and it's not to say that what we're going through is still not a lot. You know, there's yeah. we we all have our our different directions and trials and temptations and things we all walk through and struggle with. But I think that, I think the story of Job is there not to be like, you know, (laughs) what you're going through is nothing compared to this. So suck it up and walk on. It's to say like, Hey, God was still with him through the trial. Yeah. So no matter what trial you're going through, he is still with you on the end. uh, He's with you in the beginning, the end and in all between, you know? And and so it just, it just shows you like how you have to be faithful in those trials, in those, in those storms, that no matter what the situation, that God's going to come to the end. (laughs) I love that. And, and many of the, well, and all of the people that God chooses to use and he shares in his scripture and who he chooses to um, script his, his inspired word. Mm -hmm. He uses ordinary people to bring incredible things. And it just shows that it wasn't by their works. It could only be by God. Mm-hmm. And um, you see lots of these men and women who went through some hard things. I mean, I think of Hannah and how long she waited for a baby. And I think of Paul and his missionary journey. I was just complaining to our missions pastor about our uh, tough travel uh, to Cambodia. Not complaining, but like I just never, it was, it was a long time. I was like, it was like 30 hours of travel to get there. Mm-hmm. And he's like, let me read you this passage. And it was Paul talking about how he, he's been beaten and scorned and, and didn't have a, a place to <laughs> bathe and hadn't had food for like 30 days. I'm like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> I am I'm so ridiculous. So anyway, was that the ultimate Jesus juke? <laughs> yes. It was uh, like, thanks a lot. You jerk. Yeah. Thanks a lot. I appreciate, appreciate that. It. I was just trying. Thanks. To Holy it. spirit. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Holy <laughs> spirit named Jason Ford. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> That's funny. So, um, you know, we don't, have to go into all the details that surround this next point, but um, you're ta- you're talking about some things you guys have been walking through, and so some you have some exciting, you know, news just uh, recent. I don't know how recently. I, I don't know timelines, but um, so you want to yeah. share with our crew um, the newest, the newest exciting part, chapter of your life coming up? Yeah, we are um, extremely excited. Megan and I. Megan's my wife. Um, She's, she's the best. She's amazing. 
Um, and uh, we've been married for coming up on five years, and we've been trying to have a baby for a little over three years, and uh, went through some infertility treatments, um, weren't sure if we'd be able to have children. Um, then we got pregnant and had a miscarriage, and that was really tough. And so um, just kind of in the waiting process and praying through it, and um, and then uh, we found out this last fall that uh, we're expecting our first baby which is exciting so yeah but the, the, the audience is cheering you on this one yeah wow, no, that's, thanks that's exci- <laughs> that really is exciting i you know i remember just hearing conversations you've brief moments with you and i trying to whatever i remember when i first the news came out that you guys were expecting was super i was super stoked to hear that so thanks man I think that's really cool, though. I think that does, you know, I think those those stories you were just mentioning, though, really tie into your story, though, you know, you know, talking about just waiting, trials, pushing through, you know, trusting in God through the ups and the downs, no matter what's happening, you know, the end. So yeah. Just being able to just know that, you know, again, like I said, it's not that what you're walking through is not difficult. It's not tough. It's not hard. It's not tiring some. It's not anything of those such as, you know, but I think it's the point of that, you know, no matter what you're walking through, that you just have to trust or rely on God to show up, yeah. show up in the end, you know? Yeah. And I'll tell you, I'll be honest, there's a lot of moments I did not trust the Lord. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of moments I was extremely frustrated and um, didn't question God's goodness, but was just a little upset and not, not for me, but to see my wife hurt, you know, as men, we want to, we're fixers and you can't mm-hmm. fix that. Um, but um, you know, I've seen how the Lord has has worked in bringing us to the point. Um, that's Longview Point, um, <laughs> the the point for short. Um, how He's um, how He brought us here and, and what He's allowed us to be a part of. And we miss um, we miss the people of Leesburg. Um, mm-hmm. We miss you guys. God, God was gracious and, and kind to us and providing lots of friends and lots of grandparents down there. <laughs> uh, yes, but uh, one of the things that um, one of the things we've seen, it's been clear that this is where the Lord placed us is um, we didn't know coming here, we'd struggle with infertility. Mm-hmm. And there's an infertility uh, support ministry that was already established here at Longview Point. Mm. And there are numerous uh, families who are currently struggling and have struggled mm. um, through infertility. And um, so the support and, that we've had around us, and we've been able to celebrate with many of them now in pregnancy, and some of them were still um, trying to walk alongside them in mm-hmm. it. Some have been struggling for way longer than three years, mm-hmm. and some for fewer, but we've just seen how the Lord has been been good in that. And then through that, um, we um, have just began the adoption process, and the adoption ministry here is huge. Mm, that's and cool. so that's been, um, it's been really good. For us uh mm-hmm. in that um so we've seen even even walking through some frustrations in this um we have certainly not been alone i mean the lord has obviously been there with us but there's been like people here walking side by side with us that's awesome man i think that's that's really cool and i, I think that you know like you said we, we you know i miss having you guys around here you know as always you guys are always awesome to have have around hang out with you know um, it was always, it really was fun to serve alongside you. I think one of my favorite, um, <laughs> I don't even know if you know this, but one of my favorite memories of you specifically was, oh, nice. um, it was, <laughs> it was when I had my 21st party, 
birthday party. Like I, I was, um, I threw through a thing, um, a party hanging out with some friends of mine and like one of those, I like invited the world, you know what I'm saying? Like it's I, like at the late night building, right? Is that the, the late, old late night, night the building? Old, yeah. The old late night building, the Genesis center yeah. building. And I invited the world to show up and like only like five people showed up and I was like, personally i was like oh man like only five people showed up and you know whatever but like there was just five guys and we were all hanging out having a good time and just like <laughs> again like I, i've seen i see you you know throughout the week doing your job and you're very organized and very you know whatever and this was like one of the first times i saw you outside of all that and mm-hmm. you know and it was just you know remember like we were playing i think we were playing spike ball and like i think my fun, the funniest member was like oh yeah he's he's gonna he's cool it's like you were like midair spiking a ball or something like that. I don't know. It was like most <laughs> I'm sure ra- I missed it too. <laughs> most random thing, but it was just we were all having a good time hanging out, and it was just it was cool that you showed up and you you showed up to hang out, just have a good time, you know. Yeah, and it was it was that's one of my favorite one of my favorite memories, just hanging out and have and, and then you know I remember there's there's multiple memories. I mean we move. I remember helping you move from the mission yeah. house to your, your house in Freeland Park. Oh yeah, had a funeral that same day. <laughs> That was was exciting, you know, and then we had a lot of funerals. We we did. You and I did a lot of funerals together. Uh, Yes. And so, fortunately, which is, you know, don't, don't, you know, it's, it's always hard to do a funeral, but it's, uh, you know, it was always fun hanging out and getting, getting to know each other that way and that kind of stuff. And then, you know, Megan had to come down to ruin it all. Just kidding. (laughs) Megan's great. (laughs) And so, but don't tell her I said that. (laughs) You better hope she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Megan. You're great. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> She's the best. <laughs> but um, but no, that's that's cool, man. And so um, so being in that leadership position, you know, uh, if you could just kind of give a brief overview, like what's it like being a leader? Like you're over top of this ministry, you know, you're in this. This is your, you know, your your position now. You know, you you got a media guy under you. You got all these this 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 awesome choir and band i've you know i watch your live streams kind of not all, all the time but i do watch them every once in a while <laughs> you know because we don't have the time frame we'll just finish downtown service i'll hop on facebook it's like in there in oh, your life <laughs> and i'm like hey <laughs> let me go watch I'm them <laughs> and so but um but yeah so what's it what's it like being like in that leadership role you know like what's it like being a leader of a worship ministry and kind of pulling that together it's super humbling um, you know, I, I lead with like some of the best of the best. Um, like my team is just, I've been blown, blown away by the people like God has allowed me to lead alongside. Mm-hmm. And it really is that, I mean, yeah, I lead the ministry. I plan the services. I do that kind of stuff. But I mean, everything with my team is a, it's a team effort. Um, mm-hmm. like, and I work them to the bone, <laughs> you know, you know, this about <laughs> I me. Yes, I do. <laughs> um, I, I love to work and sometimes I forget, like, I love what I do. And sometimes I forget like, Hey, we need to rest. Um, <laughs> but something I, I have really high expectations for volunteers. And I know you remember that. Um, cause my thought process is, okay, I know you're not paid to be here and I'm the paid one to be here, but if you're going to do something, for the Lord, you better do it to the best of your ability. Mm-hmm. And um, and understandable that things happen. And if you can't be there, let me know. But if you're going to play a part of the band, then you better practice and mm-hmm. be ready to go. If you're going to sing on the praise team, you better be above reproach and be ready to go. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I've been amazed by um, 
just that our people have stepped up to the plate and they do a lot. I mean, we lead, we lead three services on Sunday morning. We have Wednesday night rehearsals this last year. Since we've been here, we've done a CD project. We've led worship for the Mississippi Baptist Convention. We've hosted a couple of conferences. We um, led a, um, we led a community night of worship with 275 voices. We, um, we have started a kids choir and a student choir. We've started family worship days, Christmas productions. So they work their tails off. Um, mm-hmm. So it's really humbling to get to be a leader of something like that. But um, I don't know. What was the question? <laughs> What's it like to be a leader over oh. that ministry? <laughs> um, I'll just say, I'll stick with just, um, it's humbling. And like I said earlier, like I have the best job in That's the awesome. world. And I, I mean that. Um I would do what I do for free. I remember I, I told Pastor Art Harris that one time <laughs> in a uh, in a meeting. He he was just checking in on me and asking me how I was doing. And I had just gotten to Leesburg. And I was like, man, I love what I do. I can't believe I get paid to do this. I'd do this for free. He said, don't tell the executive pastor that. So, um, so anyway, um, yeah, I think I'll stick with that answer. That's it's cool. humbling and exciting. That's cool. So you do you... Uh... This is just a side question. Do you still follow behind your media guy and and, and complain about backgrounds? <laughs> you and I learned together, all right? Um, <laughs> I learned a lot of good things from you and how to uh, like not be a boss <laughs> and be bossy. And I think you learned some good things from me too, right? Yeah, we no. Learned... It, it worked, like I said, no, this, uh, it was just, <laughs> it, it was the, the uh, that was the first little bit of us working together is learn, just learning your preferences and, you know, at the end of the day, you are the worship guy. You are the guy in charge of picking that 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 look for the campus, and it was really funny. I, so I just got used to, you know, the way you like backgrounds, right? And you know, I, I had a style, and had a, <laughs> I had a I had a plan for it at Village Park, right? you know, because towards the end you were at Village Park, and that's you know, so we you know, what what was your famous phrase? You, the the st- you didn't like this kind of background because it looked like a like a, like a Windows 7 background, you know? You're like, oh, yeah, Windows 7 background. Yeah, yeah. The really outdated looks. Yeah, he's like, I don't like the Windows 7 backgrounds, you know, da-da-da. And it was really funny. So then I start plugging in these really cool backgrounds and really awesome, you know, whatever, da-da-da. And then so then Sean comes around, and he's the opposite. He likes the simple, the He non- likes the Windows 7 background. <laughs> yes. And it was really funny. I started laughing really hard because of how much I fought you on, change, like, picking backgrounds. <laughs> And then all of a sudden he's like, yeah, I don't like that. Change it to something simple. And he threw it in. I'm like, bro, that's a Windows 7 background. He goes, what does that mean? I just like, never mind the sense I joke. <laughs> but it was really funny. I sat down with Hodge and I was like, all right. I'm not Hodge. You're not saying you're Hodge. I shot, sat down with Sean. I said, all right, I need to know how you lead. He goes, what do you mean? I said, I just need to know. I said, with with Hodge, I said, my biggest regret is it took so long for him and I to, to click. I said that eventually him and I eventually him and I started working well together and you and I became really, really good friends and yeah. you know, we meshed and it worked really, really well together. I said, but I said, I don't want that with you and I, I said, I want to know how you lead so you and I can click and walk out the, you know? And so then we were joking about something and I was like, well, <laughs> we did it for like two weeks in a row. I did. I, I put backgrounds in, he changed them. I put backgrounds in, he changed them. I finally looked at him and said, I'm going to just put the songs in. You can, you can put the backgrounds in. <laughs> and so, but it, you know, and he, it's great. He's, he's great to work with. I really, I enjoy working with him and everybody, but no, nah, no, nah, I was only joking with that. And you're, you're once you, once I learned how to work with you, it was really fun to work with. So, but I you think know, that's, 
I think that's a, I'd be a lot different now. I think in the, in the you know, from in five years, I've really, I've, personally, I don't know. I, I feel like I've grown and changed and matured and understanding how like, you know, yeah. things work and things go. And so, and so I think that's part of me. I was just didn't immaturity yet. Who, <laughs> it's just stubborn. And but, me too, man, so. I'm, I'm telling you, I've, I've learned that. So I'm a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is I'm a perfectionist that has what he thinks is perfect inside. So somebody else may do something incredibly excellently, but if it's not the vision I had, then it was not done well. Uh-huh. And it's not necessarily true. It probably was done well, just not what I thought. It's not what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and there are some things that I've learned are heels worth dying on. And there are some things that are not worth, <laughs> heels worth dying on. Um, and, uh, stuff like that just really isn't, there are things I'm still particular about, but I think I've learned how to handle a little more gracefully. Mm-hmm. Um, we have more volunteers here than staff. And so <laughs> you have to approach volunteers a little bit more differently, but you do. our, um, but you should always approach staff with the same amount of grace too. It's just easier your day-to-day work. Be like, bro, we gotta do, we gotta do this differently. Um, and I mm-hmm. think Jeremy, our, um, our full-time media associate would say the same thing that he and I have had to learn how to work together. Um, I've, I've, well, I hope I've tried better to listen and see what he needs from me and to mm-hmm. serve that. But there are still some things that I, you know, I, I have this, <laughs> this different level of expectation for things that's not always realistic. So sometimes we have to take a step back and say, okay, let's, let's get back to the main thing. But mm-hmm. as far as graphics go, they learned what I, what I like. So <laughs> we went through the same thing. Cause when I got here, it was all windows seven backgrounds. So <laughs> nice. we, uh, we've updated that a little bit, but, That's but cool. yeah, I, I appreciate how, how gracious and, and patient all of you guys were, especially Abby. <laughs> <I'm> a, <laughs> I just am different. I'm not a creative. I mm. am an administrative type. Mm. I am a type A. Like I said, I never wanted to do this. I, I, the music side is not my favorite side of my job. Honestly, I could never, I could never play another note on the piano and like be okay. Not really, but that's not my, that's not my biggest passion. My biggest passion is leading others. And, mm-hmm. um, and all of you guys are creatives in the office. <laughs> Steven Walgmott is definitely a creative before he is a type a person and Mm -hmm. i'm okay with saying that he knows he's not a type a person he is a creative mind and Mm -hmm. brilliant in that but that is not me and so Mm -hmm. it takes me a while i was the i I was the standalone type a ocd person in the office and Mm -hmm. so i appreciate you guys being patient i'm sure there was a probably a couple breaths of fresh air once i once I packed up my office. Nah, man, <laughs> I, we, you definitely were missed. We we miss having you around here. It's always fun. I still have uh, your scissors. <laughs> your scissors have your little logo oh. that has your name on them. And so Miss Karen put my name on those. <laughs> yeah. So I have. It's funny. I was I was digging around the office and I'm like, oh hey, look at these. <laughs> and so still have have your desk. I I uh, um I rearranged the office the other day. I don't know if I ever sent you a picture of that, but. How um you nice. know, I have the the desk facing where I, I now look at the door instead of my back to the door and have yeah. dual, dual monitors still have the TV on the wall still giant, have a giant nice. TV on the wall uh, still have your chair it's starting to fall apart now but hey <laughs> but I uh, I took the part of the L shaped desk and I gave it to Josh Yuri and he built me a little little work table to that's to the side so oh um, nice but yeah man been re 
re-innovating. I was like, man, I'm never going to put anything on these shelves. Like you've had all you, you built shelves for your books because you, your one built in <laughs> shelf had no room. I'm like, I'm never going to fill this. And everything's full. No, no, I have one shelf of books. And so the whole top set of shelves are just a bunch of tech stuff that I use and pull from in boxes. Yeah. And, and then I have one, the one set of bookshelves is just all pictures, you know? Nice. And so, but, but anyway, but yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. So, um, well, uh, to kind of wrap it up a little bit, um, first off, what is a worship song that's just kind of slapping you in the face right now? It's kind of like a, oh man, uh, this is it. And this is the, this is the one I, I go to. This is my, my repeat song right now. What, what, do, what would you say that it is? Uh, these are always hard questions. Like, you know, a lot of songs until someone asks you a question like that. <laughs> um, this is not a new song. It's a few years old. It's not an old song, a few years old. Mm-hmm. I really like Maverick City and um, mm. and City of Light. But um, <clears throat> I've really fallen in love with City of Light. Uh, but the song Promises by Mav City. Mm, yes. Excuse me while I cough for a Sorry, I'm uh. dealing with that sinus infection. But um, the song promises, and it has just been a, really an anthem. We've talked about just our testimony earlier, mm-hmm. um, and the song um, goes back to God of Abraham. You're the God of promises. Um, you're faithful and true, and um, and then you go into that that you're singing of who God is, and then you sing to God. Mm-hmm. Great is your faithfulness. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's been a really big slap in the face. Good song for me. That's cool. No, yeah, I'm, I'm a big Bass City fan too. I'm trying to find the song that, um, I've been really jiving to right now. Normally I haven't put, I just draw, as soon as I like a song, it goes in a playlist, but I haven't put it in it yet. I don't know why, but do you know the, uh, Text it to me. yeah. Do you know the artist, uh, Katie Nicole? Mm-hmm. Um, she has a new one out just dropped this year and it says my God can I don't know if you've heard that one or not but I'm gonna write it down right now so I can listen to it yeah Katie Katie and Nicole and Naomi Rain she has a song called my God can and it's just it's really cool um I really like the the words of it it just it it really is such a powerful anthem I think you know um Let's see. the The chorus is uh, is my part favorite part. It says, "I might not be able to part the waters. Might not be able to call the calm the storm. I might not be able to make giants fall, but good thing I'm not alone. Because there is a power that is greater. So I'm not afraid of what's ahead. I'm standing in the confidence that even when I can't, my God can. Mm, so it's really powerful, and I, that really kind of fits with the um, current situation I've been walking through with my family and. Uh, uh, I'll share it with you later, but I'm, I'm not going to yeah. share it on the podcast. But a uh, really cool testimony um, of just some things we've been walking through in some scary situations and, you know, just realizing that even when I can't, he can. You know, I yeah. think that's that really connected yeah. with me over this time. And so it's a, it's a really good song. You should listen to it. But um, I'll definitely do that. So, But uh, to wrap up the podcast, uh, you know, like I said, we have tens of listeners. And so from a, from a, <laughs> 26 year old um, point of view, if you could give us uh, just a piece of advice, what would it be? Like, if you're like, if someone said to you and go, you know, Hodge, just hit me. What you got? Mm. 
Oh, man. I would say develop deep friendships. You do that by caring for other people <clears throat> more than they care about you. You care for them. And I would say find someone to invest in. <clears throat> it doesn't matter what you do, like for a living, if you're in ministry, find someone to invest in that you can pour into and teach and those things. Um, I learned more from people like that in my life than I ever did in two uh, school degrees. Mm. And um, and then also, it's just really, it's really fun to get to do that too. You mm. get to learn from each other. So that's cool. Uh, that's good, man, for sure. So, well, uh, since you're now to be a dad, soon to be a dad, any uh, <laughs> any dad jokes to wrap up the podcast with? Anything okay, so I I read your text before um, before you. Uh, before we started this podcast and um, so I, I had to write this one down because I couldn't remember how it went so I wrote it down <laughs> I, I saw an Instagram reel on it I'm going to read it so nobody okay. else can see that I'm reading it but you can Okay. Uh, this joke says uh, did you hear about that air freshener they're developing this air freshener that's mind controlled it makes sense when you think about it <laughs> You get it? That is, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Uh, I've got one more, but I don't want to share it on the podcast. Okay. It's well, about a fish swimming into a wall. It's really funny, but I don't want to say it on the podcast. Okay. Well, we'll, 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 you will share it when we, when we finish the recording, but I'm not sure who's listening to this, so uh, we don't need to share that. Uh, it's not really bad, but I don't yeah. want to share it. Well, I'll, I'll, sh I'll share one and then you could determine it uh, depending on how this one goes. And so it says, um, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just disclaimer this for people listening. If you are a vegan, I have no problems with that. I am not a vegan. <laughs> I like to eat chicken, meat, steak, all the things like that. But if you are a vegan, that's the lifestyle you choose, and that's what you need to do for health reasons or anything else and such. By all means, go for it. Have a good time. But I find this joke funny. It says a vegan walks up to the person and says, that chicken you're eating has a family, you know. And my response is, that's why I ordered the family bucket. No one gets left behind. <laughs> that's good i want a family bucket too <laughs> it's a um it's a picture of uh it's a you know scrabble right the little tiles yeah and it's a bunch of scrabble letters and it says i just bought a book from ikea that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> so but nice man well i really appreciate you being on the podcast today and uh yeah we'll we'll hope to have you on again soon but uh it's really good chatting with you yeah, man, you too. Thanks for thanks for letting me be here. Hopefully it was of some kind of value. Oh, yeah, no, it's always fun, man. So we'll, we'll talk soon. All right, sounds good.